He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving Laser Hellraisers his plus one. An exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else. On today's edition of Hall Access. It has been such a long time since we've had an opportunity to catch up with our good friends in Hailstorm. So today I figured the perfect day to catch up with my old friend, the one, the only, Lizzie Hale. Hi, Andy. Lizzie, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's really nice to hear your voice again. Feels like it's been a very long time. Oh, my gosh. It's great to hear your voice again, too. I was so excited when your name came up. I'm like, oh, great. I get to talk to Andy again. And, you know, considering everything we've been through and the crazy, I mean, crazy couple of years became even crazier for the hailstorm camp last month when the bus caught on fire overnight. Luckily, nobody, nobody was on board at the time. But still, I bet you're wrapping your heads around how that incident could have gone down very differently. Oh, man, we were pretty, I mean, we're still talking about it, but we're pretty traumatized for the next, like, two weeks because the, as my bass player Josh put it, the, the what ifs were real. You know, I mean, considering, I mean, not to not to milk the tragedy, but I, you know, myself and my little brother nearly always prefer sleeping in the bunk versus a hotel room. And I'm telling you, the only reason that I, I went up to the hotel room this time was because uh, both my bass player and guitar player were like, hey, we're going to play some dice in this actually really nice room. Like, awesome, cool, I'll come up. And the only reason that my little brother didn't stay the night in the bus was because he wanted to wake up and work out in the gym early. So it's just, it was such a weird thing. So basically, little bro and I have made a pact that we will never do that again. <laughs> God, no kidding. <laughs> you know, but it was it was scary because, you know, for, there was a couple minutes, you know, uh, our tour manager was rapping on our hotel rooms and just waking everybody up and calling everybody's phone. And my first question was, where's RJ? Where's my little brother? Because... I hadn't seen him all day. He didn't play dice with us the night before. So it's like, oh, my God, please don't be in the in the bus. And so luckily, like, you know, there were a couple people that had lost some passports. So that's a little bit, a bit of a pain in the ass. <laughs> and uh, and just some stuff, you know, some electronic stuff and some clothes and all that. But other than that, it was it's we're all fine. And I'm telling you, those next couple gigs we had were on at 12, not even 11. <laughs> we were just playing it like it's our whole Okay, guys, we're just so appreciative that we're here together and we still love each other and everybody's able to rock out tonight. It's going to be great. Well, thank God so, for that. Yeah. I saw the interview you did with our mutual friend Lou Brutus afterwards. At one point, you mentioned how touched you were by all the number of people that reached out to see how you were doing. And the way you said it, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was almost as if you had forgotten just how far and wide you and your bandmates reach when it comes to people you've touched over time, not just with your music, but you as people, too. Oh, d- dude, absolutely. We all, that next day... And and it it went up to right before we went on stage, about ten minutes until we went on stage, um, and then throughout the next day, whatever. But like we we looked at each other. That was when we kind of broke out. I did we we cried a little bit. We're just like, oh my god, there's just so many people that have reached out and like, and they care, and it's just so crazy. And and it's not that we don't believe that people care. It's just that you know you just forget sometimes, and it's been so long since you've seen people and. The fact that anybody is even paying attention um, is such a beautiful thing, and just and just looking out for our welfare, and, um, and like I said, just 
caring, and and that's just a that's so beautiful. What a beautiful, beautiful community that we're a part of. No question. Yeah, I feel like there's a bunch of rediscovery going on in the world today, as opposed to say maybe a year ago. And of course, that includes a reintroduction to the bands we love too, as we look forward to May sixth and the release of Hailstorm's yeah. fifth studio album, Back from the Dead. Lizzie, is there a connection at all between the idea of what's lost is found again when it comes to naming this album and the song too? Absolutely. You kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, when we first wrote Back in the Dead, uh, we were just like, oh my God, this is exactly how we want to come back out. This is exactly what I want to say on a stage. Um, when we were writing, we were just like, if we ever get on a stage again, this is exactly what we're going to say. So we kind of had it as the working title for the album for a long time. And we kept trying to beat it with something more clever or whatever, you know, just like, you, you know how it goes. It's like you got like a list of like 60 titles and and then you're like, all oh, of these are crap, you know. Um, and uh, and so we ended up just deciding on Back from the Dead. And it's, it, it is exactly that. It's, it is a, and this entire album is like that. It is a journey of um, rediscovery of either yourself or, or what the world means to you, what humanity mean, means to you. Um, it's also a, a story of survival. There's uh, a lot of mental health issues that I, that I go through on this as well. Um, but it's basically, it's, it's, it's a true reflection of, of that journey that we all went through and, um, and, and not, and not just we as the world, but all of us personally, um, in the band. And so it's just, uh, I can't wait for people to hear it. I know that a lot of people are going to see themselves um, in these songs, and I just can't wait to to see which which of our fans and and even people that aren't our fans yet um, gravitate towards some of these songs. That video, by the way, for the title track, I, I'm terribly claustrophobic and uh, literally watched the four of you endure what would be right up there with my worst nightmares of all time, being zipped up in a body bag and buried alive. Are you kidding me right now? Oh, my gosh. I kept waiting for one of one of my guys to all of a sudden discover a phobia in, in any way, because like I uh, and and even myself too. I mean, like I've done a lot of weird things in videos, so I always go into it saying like, "Yeah, I can do anything. I don't have any phobias, whatever." Um, but I started out the day literally waterboarding myself, uh, or just literally just in a in a tub of water, singing underwater, basically just drowning myself, you know. And then I spent the middle part of the day in a body bag, which, by the way, are not meant uh, for live humans i i literally <laughs> broke the hell out of that <laughs> uh, just so everyone knows you know um and then the last part of the day yeah just being buried and then burying my guys uncovering them uh it was just a crazy day um but I, me personally i'm a music video junkie so i you know i'm i'm down with whatever but it, it was a lot of fun to do and uh is it, it was it, it uh it was a lot of fun to kind of like uh feed that acting bug that i have in myself too which you know, believe me, I'm not I'm not an actress, but this is how I get to do it in the music videos. <laughs> I love it. It turned out really, really good, uh, except for the fact that I, I may have had a minor panic attack, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. My, my mother said the same thing. My mom's like, that was really scary to watch, yeah. um, especially considering that I guess that's the last thing she wants for her children, too, is to see <laughs> Right. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, sorry, Mom, ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> what we do for art. I love it.
<laughs> um, so you sort of alluded to this a bit ago, Lizzie, but there's certainly been no shortage of inspiration in terms of things you could have written about, all things considered here. But I was reading recently that one of the new songs was actually inspired by someone else. Now, writing from a place of empathy, a reaction to something observational, has that always been a part of your skill set as a writer, or is there something specific that led you down that path? I think I think for myself about, I want to say about 75 to 80% of what I do is writing a lot, a lot of my internal situation and maybe even, maybe writing from my internal uh, struggles or triumphs or situations. And then, then from there kind of uh, broadening it out to the world. Whereas, uh, you know, where's the other percentage um, I do, I consider myself a serial eavesdropper. Um, I definitely stalk all of our fans. Uh, you know who you are if you're listening. Hmm. Um, on social media, if, even if I'm not responding, just like consider myself watching. And uh, and it's just such a beautiful community to be a part of because um, I can go online on any of my socials at any given time and there will be, you know, at least somebody that's just saying, oh man, I'm having a dark time. Um, I'm struggling today and reaching out, um, you know, and you know that when they reach out on social media in that type of community, that's that's kind of their last resort. And so um, a lot of our community and our fan base knows that. And so the rest of the fan base will kind of pounce on them and be like, okay, hey, DM me, uh, call me, uh, talk to me. I've been through this too. It's all good. You know, you got this. And just words of encouragement and and reaching out. It's such a beautiful thing to be a part of because – I'm I'm just the host of the party, you know. Mm. <laughs> I I didn't create this; they did this all themselves, and uh, and so it's beautiful to see. And this one uh, specific young girl, she's actually in in eighth grade at the time. Um, uh, I, I guess she's still in eighth grade, maybe ninth grade now. And um, she was talking about how she was uh, struggling because she had just come out to her parents. She came out as gay to her parents, mm-hmm. and I guess the parental support, uh, the parental response was well. Um, we don't agree with this at all, and actually, death would be better. Ugh. And and I know I'm sorry. I got it got dark there for a second, but it, it made me so angry because, regardless, look, I've done a lot of weird things in my life, but I know that no matter what I do, my parents are going to love me anyway. Right. And so, and I can't imagine anybody saying that to their daughter, regardless of what it is, you know. And so, uh, so I ended up taking this conversation into a writing session and uh i basically said like i i i don't want it to be a ballad i want to write her an anthem and not only an anthem for her to really really embrace what people don't understand about her as her superpower but also to let her know that she, she's not alone i'm like her too there are so many you know of uh that of these of young girls and also i mean she's eighth grade i'm 38 but I had to go through that too with a, a lot of different situations in my life and trying to own your own what makes you different. Maybe people don't accept that about you. So um really wanted to give her a banger that she could walk out the door every single day and, and just have that little boost of empowerment, that little boost of confidence. So um, I actually haven't told her which track it is because we just released the tracks. I haven't told her that yet. Um, I'm going to kind of let her figure that out. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. But, uh, but I, yeah, I love doing that because I, 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 I told myself a long, long time ago, and this is, you know, before any of this stuff happened for us, I think I was about 17, that if anybody, anybody 
um, sort of actually listening to what I do, for better or worse, that you have to keep putting that love out there. You have to put out that empowerment. You have to put out that positivity because life sucks, man. Mm. And there's so much hate for just for hate's sake. It's completely unnecessary. So just trying to drown, drown out the noise while I can. I, I came across your name recently in an article written for City View, which is a local magazine here in Des Moines. The piece, oh, yeah. the piece was entitled, Do You Want to Be a Rock Star? and spotlighted two young female musicians that attend our school of rock here in town. And I couldn't help but notice 11-year-old singer Lily Sparr was asked who her, fa- her greatest inspiration is, and the name she mentioned was Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. Oh my gosh, that's amazing, dude. I mean, I couldn't even tell. If you had told me when I was 13 years old and just starting out Hailstrom that somebody would even cite me as an influence, I would have called you a liar. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. And you know, just thinking about you and all of the heroes of yours that you've had the opportunity to share time with and on some occasions share a stage with and, and to think someday, you know, for somebody like Lily looking up to you and thinking, you know, someday I'm going to go on tour with Hailstorm. That's pretty sweet. You know what? Honestly, that is not out of the question. And I, I, I can't wait. And also in turn, I can't wait to buy tickets to her show. You know, it's like I, I if I can do it, so can she believe me against all odds. You can't. You can't let anybody tell you that you can't do something. Believe me. <laughs> She's making it happen right here in Des Moines. The one and only Lizzie Hale is my special guest. Hailstorm's fifth studio album, Back from the Dead, drops on May 6th. Hard to believe it's coming up on four years since Vicious, but of course, uh, oh, I know. there were a few fun releases in between, including Reimagined, which I thought was a really cool concept out of you guys. And funny how the one cover song on that EP, I Will Always Love You, was written by Dolly Parton, who's now made some headlines recently with her Rock Hall of Fame nomination i know i know i'm so, you know I, I i love dolly so much she uh she was she's got to be one, one of my top five concerts i've ever been to i got to see her here in nashville at the ryman and it was funny and she was so incredibly heartfelt and uh just all the songs are so great and she sang that song she ended up closing with i will always love you and she sang it with such sadness you know, we all know the Whitney Houston version, and uh, and so when we did that reimagined EP, and I went into there, I'm like, okay, well, I have to do some of the Dolly version, I have to do some of the Whitney v- version, but how would Ann Wilson do it? <laughs> oh, there you my, go. My my uh, my uh, cocktail. <laughs> I love that, and Ann's got some new music out too. I see, which is pretty cool. So I know, I know, I'm so excited for her. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, no kidding. Anything so? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I definitely cite her as in so so to to pass the torch the other way. Um, you know when you were talking about people inspired by me, I would not be the singer that I am today without Ann Wilson. So. It's, uh, it's pretty cool to see her still doing doing it, too. That's like life goals for me. I love how you've become an amalgamation of Nancy and Anne, seeing as your uh, your playing chops have gotten up pretty great, too, I will say. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I've, I've, uh, I ne- you, you never stop learning. You never stop striving to be better. And uh, that was definitely one of those things. And when I was <laughs> coming up in the, in the scene in Pennsylvania, there was nobody that did both. You know, it was like, okay, you're either a singer or you're a guitar player and, or you're trying to be Jewel or, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and not to date myself, <laughs> but that was the scene <laughs> at the time. And, um, and nobody was doing both. So I, I'm really, I'm really proud to be doing both. And I'm proud to just uh, be standing up there and letting everybody know that, hey, like you can 
totally do this too if you want to. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time for me, Lizzie. It's great to catch up with you. May 6th is the release date for Hailstorm's fifth studio album, Back from the Dead. Now we just need to figure out when we're going to get you back to Des Moines. That's it. Oh, I know. Believe believe me, we're coming. Uh, we got a lot of dates that we're, we have yet to announce yet. And as you know, touring is a little uh, here or there these days, um, but we're going to make it all happen because uh, we can't live without that happy spot. And I'm telling you, Des Moines has the best rock fans in the entire country, man. Like, you guys, I mean, you've been holding it down for so many years and, I mean, forever. And every time that we come to Des Moines, everybody shows up. Um, everybody knows exactly what they're getting themselves into. So I really can't wait for that. Yeah, they're getting to know this new song called The Steeple at present. So there you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much, darling. Love it. Love it. Thank you again, Lizzie. I really appreciate your time and uh, look forward to our next chat whenever that may be. Oh, of course, darling. Thank you so much for taking the time for me. You've always been a part of our family. And just, man, thank you so much for for supporting us all throughout these years and up until now too so yeah proud to be awesome. a, proud to be a part of this extended family no question about it <laughs> hell you, yeah man you have a lovely day you too darling all right see you, soon. see you later